Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake, Chris, and Ames. And we're here today to talk about episodes technically like three and four of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, They are Parallax and Time and Again. Oh, and because I don't think we did this last week, uh, this is our episode... We did this last week. We did? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Well, it's... I don't think they could hear that. Do you want to say that again? I assume you were going to say Into the microphone. Chris, you can cut, you can cut things you like, when you need to. Chris, I you want to say that true. again? You really should. 235. <laughs> 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 yeah, episode 235. <laughs> How many episodes of Voyager are there going to be, Ames? Um, let's see, about 50,000. There you go. The countdown begins. Two down... 499,998 to go. In Parallax, the intrepid crew of the Voyager, the Voyager, someone calls it, who was it they called that? Paris? Yeah. The Voyager. Uh, they wind the Enterprise. Up, they wind up at a, um, some kind of space bullshit singularity. <clears throat> space singularity. And they are like, oh no, they're doing a distress beacon call. And Caitlin knew it in the first. Literally, the call happened. And I was like, it's Voyager. That's Whoa. actually Voyager. Whoa. Yep, nailed it. And then the rest of the episode was stupid. So spoilers, the it's, <laughs> it's Voyager. But it's Voyager like 20 minutes from now because the singularity, basically you get sucked into it and then you're... It was basically dumb Picard, but oh, with a yeah. ship. Yeah, it was kind of like dumb Picard with a ship. Times Square. Yeah. But also with the charming, or did we just become best friends-ness of um, <laughs> stepkids, oh, yeah. stepparents, brothers, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Chris made the reference. And I was like, how do you even know about that movie? You've never seen it. And he was like, it was in the trailer. And I was like, man, they just don't trail like they used to. If, if I could remember useful information like I remember fucking trailers, I'd be rich. Is that uh, true? I'd have a real think that's job. that's all it takes? Or maybe you'd be a really you successful... You can't really get a job in just having a good memory. You could be Ken Jennings. <coughs> well, what I mean, if, I, if I had a good memory, I'd have a better degree because I could have studied something useful. Uh, you still wouldn't have. Having a good memory. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Anyway. Uh, no, I mean, I'm just saying that you're lazy. I mean, I, mean, I don't... You're not wrong, but please, press on. I don't mean it. Anyway... But uh, that's really not the interesting part of the episode. Oh, well, assuming there is one. But that it is, if there is, that isn't it. But the inter- the more interesting part is, you know, last week we were just kind of like, that's all right, the Maquis are Starfleet now, and we're all going to be one big happy family. And I guess this episode was them trying to prove that wasn't the case because Bolana Torres punched some douchebag-looking motherfucker down in uh, engineering in the face and broke his nose. And Chakotay's all like, oh, if you would have hit him hard enough, you would have killed him. And she was like... Damn, should have hit him harder. Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait, that was me. I was thinking that. And Chipotle is like, listen, Janeway, you don't treat my crew right. And she's like, yeah, but you treat them too well. And you are like, all terrorists. And he's like, well, we're in an impasse. <laughs> um, but he recommends Bolana Torres for chief engineer because she's like the fucking best he's ever seen, okay? And Janeway's like, fine, I'll consider it, whatever. 
But uh, I don't know what happens. They have a staff meeting. Kess and Neelix show up and are like, oh, we're here for the staff meeting. You didn't invite us to. <laughs> Fucking assholes. And I thought about the problem with Kess, and I'll talk to you about it later. Neat. Remind me. Anyway. Is it the wig? It's probably it's the, the wig. wig. No. Um, so bad. Very bad. Anyway, I don't know. They are going to the anom- the singularity to save whomever is sending out the thing, but then they're like, oh no, it's us! And they... I don't even really remember why this happens. The shenanigans Jin- with the doctor, that's why. Oh, was that that episode? Yeah. That's right. Oh, and he's like... Okay, so the doctor is shrinking, <laughs> and, he's ang- and he's angry because no one is paying any attention to him, no one tells him anything, so... I guess, like, the EMH's character is just, like, he's a middle child or something. But they wind up, but for some reason that I can't remember, Janeway and Torres decide that they're going to go for, like, a little flyy-fly. They have to shoot warp particles at a tear in his yeah. Oh, right, because they're trying to see if they can find it so they can get out of they the singularity, to, right? Fist that singularity. No, oh, I that's think... right. They said something about widening the hole, right? Yeah. I feel like I was sitting there, <laughs> they, like, they, they, they gotta go they, widen they, the they, hole. Sometimes you gotta... Punch through. Gross. But, you know, I, think I did is, think of you, Jake. I had a twinkle in my eye. I think Voyager shot the warp particles. They had to shoot a deuterium beam or oh, something? Yeah, it was, more it, it, yeah the warp particles were for something else. That The warp particles were to detect where the hole was. They needed to send... And, like, that... This is Okay, this is a classic fucking problem with Voyager that... People have talked about uh, for ugh. years. Excuse me, we're trying to get through the submarine. Oh, I thought we were done. Okay, no. sorry. We're, we're still the... stuck in no, the vortex. I'm just trying to remember why the fuck they went out in the street. They had thing. to shoot a beam at the hole. Okay, so Nagilum is here and he's trapped. They us. had to loop they're it gonna, up. They're going to punch through that hole. But while that's happening, you know, Janeway and Torres, their newfound best friendship, now they have to, as they're as they're out there in their roundabout or whatever, they're Just like, they're like, oh shit, which one? There's two Voyagers. Which one's real? And Torres, well, it's obviously this one because it's facing the right direction. No, Janeway says that. And Torres is like, no, but it's further, it's closer to the rip and da 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 da. But then Janeway is like, oh, but it's it's the one that's closer to the rip is the fake one because it's 20 minutes behind us or what fucking ever. So they do pick the right ship and get on it. And they fly out of, they punch through the, the butthole of the singularity, and uh, Torres becomes chief engineer. The end. Anyway, go Diarrhea. ahead. What were you saying, Jake? Yeah, so, and I feel like this comes up in, in both episodes this week. And I feel like the people, one of the large complaints that people have levied against Voyager is that it's the techno babble, and like, <laughs> it was very evident. And, and I know that, like, Star Trek isn't exactly a bastion of scientific accuracy. No. <laughs> but so much, there were so many cringe-worthy, like, science things brought up in this. Like, when Neelix is explaining to Kess what a singularity is. Yeah. And like, oh, oh and, well, a singularity. Oh, no, uh, not a singularity. The, the event horizon. Right, yeah. yeah, he's like, it's like a giant energy field that surrounds a sing. No, what? What are you fucking. <laughs> Chris, Chris was like, it's like a water balloon and something bad happens. And then, like, maybe there's some other future in the future. There's a different definition for what an event could horizon be, is. Be. But what they're in, if they were in the event horizon of a singularity, they'd be dead. You can't, that's the whole. Point. Sorry, but what is a 
It's it's basically what is an event horizon? The point of no return of the black hole. It's where, yeah, it's yeah, a, but if their ship is only twenty minutes away in the future, then they're not in the event horizon yet, huh? But they were stuck in the event horizon. That's what they had to punch out of. Son of a bitch! They were inside the event horizon. It's like a big shell. Yeah, it's either the edge of the black hole or a very scary movie starring Samuel. Yeah, yeah Jurassic Park. Yeah, and like you know, I can, I can be okay with with you know scientific inaccuracy in my star trek whatever but it just i don't know it was it they they can and then they just keep throwing out words warp particles uh deuteron beam deuteron beam duty beam you know it's just like come on guys like just say you're gonna use the main deflector yeah that's what they did on tng mm-hmm. just say you're gonna <laughs> polarize the main deflector that's all we need to know and we'll get it no oh, i did think it was cute when janeway and, and taurus bonded over sciencing hard yeah that was nice and i you know and i i like that they at least paid an episode's worth of lip service to uh the difficulties integrating the two crews is that gonna go away real fast i mean there's all there's there's at least one character who's never quite happy with the situation and it keeps coming up but i feel like for the most part you Place know, your bets on who that is. Our main, our you know. I bet it's Lieutenant Carey. <laughs> oh, I was gonna guess it was Ch- Chipotle. Neelix. No, he's all right. Yeah, he hates that there's two um, different groups, but he doesn't get to be a part of either of them. <laughs> yeah, but you know, our main characters are now, as far as I can recall, our main characters are one in a big happy family now. I also appreciate that you know they they do keep in mind at least here. I forget how much they stick with it, but the fact that you know, unlike previous sort of. Uh, captains we've seen before Janeway came up via the, uh, the science branch yeah I like that that's fun because like as far as we know everyone else just kind of came up through command I don't know Picard was an archaeologist or some shit right uh, I think it's hobby yeah. yeah like it was only in the lame universe that he was ever a proper scientist yeah no at the end it's it's, it's fairly nice because you know you see Janeway doing some sciencing and you're like yeah you know this science and she and Bellana both take the the conundrum at the end of which ship is the right ship. Oh God, shoot both, stun both of them like you do with Kirk. <laughs> um, and Bellana is looking at it from this perspective of an engineer mm-hmm. of which one logically and and engineerically uh, would be the correct ship. But Janeway looks at it from a scientist's point of view of what would actually be. The thing that they're trying to do in this weird time situation. But which ship contained the Iocane powder? <laughs> Both of them. Kaylin knows. Ah. Humanity has spent centuries developing an immunity. Mm. Centuries. He looked good for centuries old. Um. Yeah. 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 Now here's the thing, though. One of the ships would be two crew members uh, fewer. Mm-hmm. The internet has pointed that out. Yeah. Well, also, like, what would have happened if they landed on the wrong ship? Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't they just? Have I, I want. I kind of want to know. Would they fall through the floors because they're in the wrong? Is there causal? Is is the because they say it shows up the same on sensors, so mm. it's a it's a real ship. Might they have been stuck there if they had gone on the wrong ship? I would guess. Would there be another Janeway and another Bellana running around and they could touch dicks? Maybe it would be like Don Picard. Maybe that ship. See, okay, here's a more interesting episode. They picked the wrong ship. Mm. They watch Voyager try to escape through the hole on its own. And it crashes and blows up. 
This is a good laugh. And then, but, see, but, but then, but then we flip perspectives to the crew on the ship that's theirs, and they and they've just seen this happen, and they're looking twenty minutes in the future at another Voyager, and then they have to solve the problem, and then they and then the Bolana and yeah, and but Janeway then it's work. literally Time Square to Canada. Well, no, 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 but they actually work, but they're not, they're not. The thing is, they're not mute, so they have to work together. <laughs> To solve the problem, and they're like, "Well, it's great, you know. Now we have two captains and two chief engineers. This is great." But then, as soon as they leave the singularity, two of the two yeah. of them vanish. It's sort oh, of okay. Weird... I was going to say, otherwise you're stuck with the Farscape problem, and I'll, I'll not spoil any more of it for Chris and Caitlin for when we one day watch it all. But hot damn Farscape! <laughs> mm. But yeah, it feels like a weird bastard child of Dumb Picard and, um, you know, Fraser on the Bozeman. Mm. Yeah, and a little bit where Silence has lease, and a Frasier? little bit. Any of the ones where the Enterprise is stuck in it, an anomaly. Of That's what time. I was thinking as we as I watched this one, though. It's like this is them very firmly planting their flag of we're gonna do some TNG shit. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm okay with it. And like, oh yeah, but it, it is it is just as a thesis statement. It was very plain, you know. It was like, all right, people were annoyed at DS Nine. Here, and you know, the purpose of the episode is very clearly. The the Bolana yeah. plot like the, yeah. the 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 singularity is incidental to yeah, that exactly so much yeah. so that they're banking on you not remembering it so that next week when they give you the same episode <laughs> yeah, they... you're like oh but it's different because last week Bolana and Janeway became friends and this week nothing interesting happened oh I it was like an time annoying again. child oh boy I yes. like the end of time we'll get to the time again in a minute yeah but... it's different what else happens I really could have done without the uh, the Doctor is shrinking plot. That like, seemed very much like it didn't fit this episode. Also, the the the, the special effects for it were, were garbage. They were oh really my God, bad. Yeah, it was like a fucking funhouse mirror. Like, I get that at the end it ended up weirdly tying into, like, it gave Bolana the idea she needed. But it's like, you're actually kind of trying to have this thing where... It's practically a Murder, She Wrote episode in that of, way. Yeah. Ugh. I was sick of it when Jessica was doing it. But, you know, like, it's weird because they're doing this ridiculous, the Doctor is shrinking, but they're also sort of trying to do, like, people are sort of just treating him as a program, which he is, but the problem is he's also their only Doctor. So they want it to be kind of serious, but they completely undercut it with this comedy shrinky Doctor. Very goofy effect and... Robert Picardo tell like cracking wise a lot. Yeah, it's like it was at first it out was, of place. Yeah, when it was just him and Cass, and she's like, "So what's your name anyway?" And he was just like, "Well, they never thought I'd need one." And you know, the one person who's kind of treating him as a person. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's an alien. Yeah, and he's clearly confused because he's not. You know, I think I said you know on the one hand he's a self aware AI, but he also like is okay with being AI at least right now. Like, he, at this moment, doesn't have the, like, data thing, you know? Mm. His whole thing is, like, would you please find a replacement so you can stop turning me on? Um, Never. So, to which Tom Paris replied. So, it's like, he's almost confused when someone is, like, being nice to him. And he's just like, oh. But also, understandably, getting annoyed. Where it's like, well, I am your only doctor, and you're not giving me information that would maybe be good for me to know. Womp womp. Yeah. But never mind, Shrinky Doc! Woo! Yeah, weird. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the, the, the Shrinky Doc was sort of trying to hammer home that 
because you know they go through this whole thing they solve the problem everyone's high-fiving each other and at the end of the episode we see that he's you know a foot tall and because they completely blew him off and Parrish still just laughs at him it still just ends with it being comedy yeah what I understand though is like in the previous episode he was very adamant that everybody had to turn him off when he left the room when they left the room yeah this time he just seemed on all the time like nobody that didn't seem to be an issue or like he well, had he did been... mention it again though. He was like, "Can you turn me off when you leave?" Yeah, he said it to Kess, but uh, otherwise he's on like. Well, I think that was the second one, or was it? Might have been both of them. Yeah, who knows? God, this is confusing. same episode. Oh yeah, because oh. in the following episode, he meets Kess again. Yeah, and doesn't know who she is, which is weird, and has to be explained kind of who she is. Well, I mean, I guess he knew who she was, but he didn't realize she wasn't. Like, yeah, like, he's only now realizing, like, he doesn't have any data yeah, on her. Yeah, why don't I have Oh, right, yeah, file. where's your brain? Yeah, but that's where he was like, yeah, turn me off freely, even call me in the morning. The issue with this one was less that, like, people kept remembering to turn him off, but then the confusing was, who keeps turning him back on so he can call and be annoyed? He could, he might just have, like, a parrot in there that the only thing it knows <laughs> is, uh, computer EMH. <laughs> 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 so can anybody that's in the room say computer and program? Seems so. So if you why can't to be, he say it? If you wanted can to be a real it? dick, you could like walk in while he's performing surgery and be like computer and program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, in the he first episode, fired. in the first episode, he was like trying to make a point, and Janeway turned him off. <laughs> and he dropped something because it had been in his hand. It wasn't part of his program. Yeah, but I wonder if he can, like, lock it out if he's doing something really important. Like, That's a good question. You know, cutting into somebody's brain. I'm going to go with no, because Starfleet somehow never thinks of these things. Yeah, because, like, as good as a, as a hologram doctor would be, I feel like shit goes wrong on these ships so goddamn often Yeah, that... I won't know if I'd trust it to not disappear in the middle of, of surgery. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't really want to be the one under the knife in that situation. Well, and that's why it's not supposed to be your primary physician. This is also the episode where they were like, well, Paris, you took first aid 101, so you're going to be the field yeah. medic now. You know the Heimlich. It wasn't your that. It was like, it was like biology. Bio, biochem, I think. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I know what a fucking organic molecule is. Oh, congrats. You're a doctor now. Sorry, field medic. Still. I mean, I saw an actual MD on the internet the other day claiming human cells have cell walls, so Tom might be a better doctor than that guy. Whoopsie. Also, though, right, so there's a hundred and some odd crew members on this ship that are still alive. That yeah. That die. And, and, you know, I think we can assume that the majority of them are Starfleet and then there's a handful of Maquis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's... And Tom Paris with one semester of biochem is the yeah. best fucking medical. Apparently, person. their entire medical staff was in sick bay when it exploded. No one was off shift or in a different part of the ship. Like, what are the rest of the crew doing on this ship? Drugs. Because it seems like you know, and I guess this is true of you know any Star Trek show, but it it it. it it stands out on Voyager, I think, because Voyager was intended to be a science vessel, right? Like that I was think that so. was what we're I thought we were you know, and that's why Janeway's the captain because she's a scientist. Yeah. It's well, like why a... would why were they the ones having to go after Maquis then? Good question. Because oh, okay, for some good. for some reason they decided to send her 
security chief were and they, not like Mr. Worf. Were they not? Uh, were they the only Worf ship would in the be quadrant? terrible undercover. That's, That's true. true. So one could assume, though, that many of the crew people are probably scientists. Except you don't see a ton of blue shirts. But wait, that also means that all of them have taken biology. Which means a lot probably. of them have probably taken biology. I mean, that random Maquis blue shirt they have is probably better qualified, even though I think she's a science officer. Seska? Is that who that is? That's okay. Seska. Fresca? Fresca. She sounds oh, delicious we'll and know refreshing. Her we already know Seska because her actress, uh, Martha Hackett, played Teruel, that Romulan we never met again after the search. Oh! oh. I don't remember that. Okay. Remember, we first we first get the Defiant, and we're like, okay, we have to have the Romulan on board because she has to be the one that shows us how to do the cloak. Like somebody needs to teach us how to cloak. Yeah. yeah, she has to always be on board because you know it's their technology. And then she vanished after a fucking episode. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was <laughs> because familiar. They, they learned everything she they could from her. Yeah, yeah, we'll see more Seska. She got caught up in some kind of convoluted Romulan plan that didn't make any sense. <laughs> any Romulan plan. She just somehow, by, by the end of the war, she was somehow postmaster general of a small town in Wyoming. Are there, like, weekend brunch plans this confusing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, is it all plans? Every plan? Just, yeah, no. They, plans they, all the way down. Yeah, they just, they <laughs> like, cannot. I'm going to go to the supermarket, but I have to trick someone into giving me a ride there for free. You know, if we don't see a don't see a lot of aliens. It's mostly, no, mostly humans. Fucking racists. Starfleet's pretty racist. That's true. Yeah, and the Enterprise, you know, there were Bolians, there was Well, the Enterprise Bolians. The Enterprise was meant for families, and families need barbers. There were Bolian crew, too. That's true. We did meet a couple of them. I just want to see one goddamn Bolian. Who doesn't like a Bolian? They're great. No, that's true. Great, straight folks. Bright blue. Uh, I don't know that I feel strongly about Bolians. I'm a fan. All right. I'd have liked to see an Andorian crew member. We haven't seen Andorians really since the original series. No, there was that. But isn't that uh, that's isn't the, that the good thing about Enterprise? Is, oh no, he's not crew, is he? He's not. But he's in it a lot. It's rumored Tram. that he would have been uh, main uh, elevated to main cast in the fifth season if they had. Done yes, it. I have heard that. Yeah, but considering how they redesigned the the Andorians for their one appearance in TNG, yeah, it's probably for the best. They have like an eight mile tall head for some reason. Oh, anyway, so now you're opposed to all the redesigns of, of races, Chris. Oh no, I just think that one's ugly. <laughs> like, I'll give you a chance. You can redesign all you want, but I'm gonna tell you when it looks dumb, and that looked dumb. Um, but yeah, so Seska's a Bajoran. Yep. Um, we get that Milana. I don't know if they've told us explicitly what Belana's deal is, but I think we we know that she's. I feel half like Klingon. they said half half Klingon. Yeah, well, she, yeah. she mentioned her like Klingon blood at one point in the first episode. Yeah. yeah. Hi, buddy. I do know they um make her makeup better eventually because mm. we were commenting on the I fact was, that yeah, I was complaining about her makeup's it a lot. not great and her wig is very obviously a wig. Better than Kess's, and and I don't. Caitlin wanted to bring up more Kess, so I mean, oh, yeah. now we're in the next episode. Oh, it doesn't matter. I just, I was thinking about how upset you got when I was calling her a child or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll also say, like, it's not a good idea to have this as a character in a show. No. Just because it's a really silly idea. And well, it's something you're going to have to end up dealing with. Yeah. Well, I was well not th- even that. Just It's a bad, it's a really silly idea. I was thinking about it, and it isn't, so where where it's true that... It's obviously she's mature, so it's not literally like 
pedophilia, as I was suggesting, or whatever, which I didn't really mean. But I think what I mean is, is that a race that only lives nine years, like, how old, I mean, look at Neelix. He looks like he's, like, 60, and he's one of those guys who's like, oh, you're real mature for two. I like that about you. Uh, it just, it's the, or, um, a better example is like, you know, the doctor being a 3,000 year old alien dating a 19 year old earth girl. This is getting confusing. What the fuck? The doctor who. The yeah, doctor. doctor who. Doctor Like, what do you fucking have to talk about with someone who, uh, I don't know. I like, I just, I wonder what the touchstones are. It's not that it couldn't happen. It just feels like. That sex. I mean, what it doesn't really help is... You think anyone has good sex with Neelix? See, the reason why that makes sense for them is because she just has never had sex, so probably assumes he's great. But I've seen that chess piece. Nothing good is (laughs) happening there. I mean, I think the main issue just is the fact that I don't think the two of them come off as a couple at all. Like, they seem like they're friends, maybe, but... They seem like Neelix thinks they're a couple and Kes is along for the ride. Mm, yes, because she's two. And while perhaps mature, not as worldly as him, so she's being manipulated by this creepy cat monster. See, I think <laughs> I think the issue with having someone who, in our times, or in our units of time, is two, is there's no way to wrap your mind around how did you mature? How do you know yeah. all this language in two fucking years? No, no, that's how do fine. you have all this intelligence we've, in two years? We've lived through Alexander. That's fine. It's, <laughs> God damn it. That's not the problem. Fucking Alexander just, again. Well, it's not just that, though. I mean, because you can understand that, like, maybe there's some genetic memory or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like how okay. cats always know how to use the litter box, right, kitty? Except you know, if they had head. made it like... Oh, Blick Black doesn't know, does they, he? I don't think they thought out... I mean, it's obvious they didn't think out I would like compa. to. S- I would like to see something to that effect, just to, for them, for like the writers to have explained anything. Like, said like, oh yeah, my brain has reached this level, so now I know math. Or, or see a lot of things that she doesn't know, because white woman, because she doesn't know what an event horizon is, so maybe there's things like that. But, like, how does she... Age. How right. does I mean, she mature? Honestly, there's no plot reason that I can think of that she that her species needs to only live to be nine years old. Like, yeah, no, it, it doesn't come up. No, there is a point in the future of the show where she ages significantly, and like, but that you could have just if you wanted to still have that plot, you could just make it. You know. She got a disease that made her age up. Oh, like Kirk. Again. Yeah. But like having this, I don't know, it just, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it's like a, a plot detail that wasn't necessary. And they couldn't, they, you know, they already have an interesting, potentially interesting species in the Ocampa in that they are evidently like super telepaths or something. Yeah, and they're also to... so cut off from other societies yeah, that like, they seem very naive of the universe. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah they, that's they the thing. Enough, there's enough there. They didn't need to do the, the child thing. Yeah, like, if they wanted the character to be kind of unworldly, like, yeah, you already set that up. She's from a species that has been getting coddled for 500 years by a jellyfish. That's the other thing. If, she's, if, they're, if their race, species, whatever, is so coddled, you feel like she would be even less knowledgeable about shit it would be even weirder for her to be like 
in any kind of relationship with someone who has any knowledge of the outside world. Uh, That's what yes. makes him interesting. He's from the outside yeah, world. Yeah, it's like Desdemona and Othello. I love the stories you tell. Here's a better Ocampa. Yes. I'm going to make a better Ocampa. We blow up so, the ship, so and then... So instead of the caretaker <laughs> doing doing what, what he does because he feels guilt about destroying their planet, it turns out that they, the Ocampa and the caretaker is really a warder, and that... The Ocampa are a Q-like species. Warder, like a like a like a like a jailer. Okay. Uh, oh, warden. Warden, and that the you know so they're like a Q-like species, and like the only way they could do anything is by having whatever the whatever the uh, whatever the caretaker does is suppressing their powers, and. Keeping them dumb and and not aware of their powers is the only way to save the galaxy from these these horrible beings. But then Kess, who leaves the planet that's keeping them under control, starts to exhibit these these magnificent powers. May I tack onto this? Go for it. This is where Kevin Uxbridge came from. <laughs> he was an Ocampa. There you go. Yay. Who? Kevin Uxbridge, nice, guy that good tea, nice house. Wiped oh, out an entire okay. civilization with the a thought. Alright, I buy it. Um, yeah, and like, knowing what I know about what else happens on this show in the future, it totally fits, and it could really fit, and uh, I think that's a more interesting story that we, that like, maybe maybe when they catch up, maybe they do catch up to the other caretaker that, mm. that left, Ooh, yeah. and that caretaker like, you got oh, a Ocampa on your ship? Fuck! You Kill let it. them out? Kill what? it! What are you fucking doing? That would be a good episode. Hmm? I can't believe you you took an Ocampa. My God, are you mad? Yeah, I think I don't. I don't. I forget if I mentioned this last week when we were talking caretaker, but they specifically had the second caretaker character leave and not just die because they wanted there to be some hope that maybe they meet meet that that person, and she sends them home. Hmm. Or, you know, opens up other possibilities for them, or what have you. Yeah, like, that would be a cool story. I'm going to doubt they do, because, you know, writers are hacks sometimes. See, here's my plan. I I wrote down a a, a very fun note for how to deal with this whole weird time thing that's going on. And that's to kill as many O'Briens as you can. (laughs) That does usually work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this this, this episode had to walk a, a tight line between, you know... Being just a repeat of previous TNG plots we'd seen, you know, it, but with it, the new characters, but with the new try, characters. and trying to still flesh out the new characters because yeah. it's the second. And I feel like the maybe the writers are like, okay, listen, we really want to write a story about how Bolana becomes chief engineer and how you know the the crew relations, and that's what they wanted to write about. And they're like, oh shit, we got to like put some kind of sci-fi thing in here. God damn it. All right. What have we done before? All right. Time squared. <laughs> just just scribble over some of the details. Also, very briefly, because we have uh, reintroduced the Rossi clock, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, we're over time. And we're, we're technically supposed to be into the next episode's summary, but it's kind of the same episode. <laughs> um, we're not going to have a half an hour to talk about both of these episodes. <laughs> yeah. Starfleet Academy needs to get way better at, like, teaching? Because apparently, like, a bunch of Bellana's professors thought she had potential, but never thought to, Mention you know, tell her. her. Well, look at the fucking goody two shoes. Like, look at the shit you have to do to get into Starfleet. No, that's Academy. true. I'm like, she got in. Like, you know, yeah. 
the um, fucking shit that Wesley had to do in Murdoch and yeah. Nog. Yeah. yeah. Nog had to go and kiss Cisco's boots for a day. So it's like you basically already have to be a fucking superhuman or super uh, non-human to get into Starfleet to begin with. Yeah. But yeah, it just seems yeah. like the Academy is just four years of people really fucking with you. Yeah, and apparently, like, you kind of already got to know your shit to even be there. So, what are you actually learning? All right, so uh, should we move on to this episode, but with explosions? Yeah, so this is what, time it again, or this episode again? <laughs> time after time. Ooh, good movie. <laughs> okay, and time and again... Once again, don't really remember how they get there. I think they're just flying around. Yeah, they're just flying. Yeah. They get shockwaved. They get Star Trek sixted. You know, teacup falls off a table. Jurassic Park again? No. Chaos theory? Start Star Trek six. Sulu's cup falls off a table. I don't remember. Um. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. I, I swear to God, I was awake for both of these episodes, I think. You were. I don't know, but like, what actually happens? They sense a disturbance in the forest. There's like a oh no, that's what it is. Okay, I got it. Oh yeah, there's a classic. I, I remember. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So they happen upon a uh, they're, they're, the the Voyager is flying through space, and they happen upon a class M planet, and it, there's a civilization down there, but there's no people. What Whoa? does Kes have to say about this? Oh, that's right. Kes has a bad dream. She it's like she heard a million voices cry out at once or something. Um, Orgy. And she's like, oh, fuck, what happened down there? So they go down to investigate. And they're like, yeah, there were like a million people here until like yesterday. But it looks like they were using the equivalent of tiny nuclear bombs to power their city. So, so what could possibly go wrong? But while they're down there checking shit out, it's like they pass into like the reality of that place. Like, I don't know, five hours ago, basically, 20 minutes before. And, uh, no, wait. And, um, it sort of, like, sucks in Janeway and, uh, Tom Tom Paris. And they wind up in this civilization where they're very civilized. They're pre-warp. And they all dress as Chris and Pat both remarked, uh, separately. Like, workers from a 70s or 60s Burger King. (laughs) Oh, see, I said, I was like, oh, the TOS designers must be back. Well, the thing is, is I actually liked the cut of a lot of the outfits, oh, but yeah. the color scheme was... Burger King. Burger King, yeah. The weird hats that the security people had. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I didn't notice little the earmuffs. Hats. Yeah, those yeah. were dumb. They were little, little black earmuffs. The police uniforms in general were bad. I just really liked the kind of corset, like, you know, the, um, what do you call it? The lace-up sides they mm-hmm. had. and Everything fit really nice. Everybody looked great. Everybody looked good. The colors were meh, but, you know... Uh, but yeah, they wind up there and they're like, oh no, let's find out what's going on. And this little fucking kid is oh there God. and it's like, oh, they they are bad. And they're like, no, we're not, stupid child. We're just visiting from um, some other place. Province. Canto province. Something province. Canto bite. Bento province. And uh, they trade their Starfleet uniforms for more Burger King uniforms. <laughs> And it really comfy. They're like, well, we're here. Let's figure out what the fuck happened. And uh, it turns out uh, they wind up at like a demonstration of some some kind. And Janeway gets knocked in the face with a billy club. And they get taken by these 
terrorists question mark we don't really know that's true we don't really get enough information to know whose side we should be on like it seems like they don't like the power the type of power that's being used and like i mean i guess rightly so because it does sort of blow up and fucking kill everybody but like all of a sudden is this the one where they're like but wait we can't like we have to we oh it's so stupid they decide to be all prime directive on this one. It's like they're going to get blown up in five minutes. We can't tell them. Well, but then Janeway realizes they already interfered just by being there. Well, just because she realizes that they get blown up because they're there. Yeah. So then she kind of tells them everything. Tom Mean- is very annoyed. Meanwhile, <laughs> the, the crew is like trying to get them back. And they're like, oh, well, if we just punch through the asshole of this singularity, we should be able to get them through. And, um... They use phaser fire or something to do it. No, wait, she uses phaser to stop them? Yeah, she uses phaser to stop them. from. Yeah. Because she realizes it's the the beam that B'Elanna was using to try and rescue her was the very thing that triggered the explosion. Sets off the explosion. It was like, let's talk about the beam. It's like, we can only use the beam for 30 seconds in one spot, so we have to figure out exactly what time they are. Or something. Right? Like, what? Yeah, that was confusing. What? Uh, it was weird because there was like a linear time difference between the you know the the fall the, the past and present. Yeah, which didn't really weird. make sense. It was stupid. I didn't like it. I mean, here's the thing. They used cast like a bloodhound. None of them have also clocks, that. watches. Well, I was gonna say it doesn't matter. We don't have to talk about this episode since it never happened. That's true. They hit the reset button at the end. I know. Kess yep. walks out like Guinan in that in yesterday's Enterprise, being yep. like. Oh, yes, let me tell you about Rolaren. No, not Rolaren. Denise uh, Crosby. Tasha Yar. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell everyone about Tasha Yar. Thanks, thanks, Kess. Cool. Yeah. I love, I did really like the twist of this, of, oh, this was our fault all along, because us doing the thing is what caused this. And us not now not doing the thing thus means it doesn't happen, which means, did, did those terrorist folk just watch Janeway vanish in front of them? What happened from that point? Everyone's, I think, timeline reset. So they went back to the beginning of the iceberg? This is confusing. No, no. I've gone for a side. It's just that, that, yeah, they basically, the people that were in the the following day, their timeline just stopped. Yeah, because their plan... The following day people are the people on the Enterprise, though. No, the Voyager. What? What? Which people are we talking about? Okay, so you have you have you have Team Janeway and Paris. Yes, they're stuck. Go team. <laughs> they're stuck one day in the, the past. Wildcats. <laughs> okay, and then you have the rest of the crew. Oh, the other Wildcats. The other Wildcats, <laughs> and they're trying to find what happened on the planet to try and find a way to rescue Janeway and Tom from the past. And they're like a day ahead. And they're like a day ahead. They prevent well Janeway by shutting down Bilana's power beam with her phaser prevents the explosion that would have resulted in them you know resulted in destroying the planet so that at that point the time is then continuous when we flip back to Voyager time has caught up the Voyager. <laughs> we we yeah. flip back to the Voyager. The Voyager. We're, ne- we're back to real time. And since they were never at the demonstration, those demonstrators those didn't go to the power plant until a week later 
which had been their initial plan. Okay, and then the names get get erased from the gravestone. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But, what's he, but you know, there with really, what should have happened is there should have been a split timeline, and there sh- and Tom and Janeway should still be on that planet in that power plant. Forever blowing up in a supernova? No, no, it doesn't blow up. They prevent the explosion, and then they're and just they just stuck. live there. They just live on that planet. Now. I mean, with that stupid boy. Oh the no! Vo- and the Voyager just keeps along its merry way. I mean, there's no proof that there isn't. That's true. They this is this the have... episode of so many Janeways. Yeah. <laughs> there's this this because the, the the tiny bullshit in this episode just doesn't work. See, the thing is, last episode the tiny bullshit was just a backdrop for a Balana story. But now this time it's front and center. Right. So it's like, excuse me. Kind of like the last episode where Tom was going, sorry, does this make sense? Does anyone else think this doesn't make sense? And Daniel was like, no, no, it makes sense. And we were like, actually, wait. If you're a scientist, it makes sense. But now this episode, again, he's going, wait a minute. does this?" She's like, no, no, trust me. But this time we have less to focus on, so we go. I, I might be with I might be with Tom, even though I don't want to be, because what the fuck, Delaney sisters? Like, dude, I come like on. Tom. Tom I like Tom. Tom's a charismatic boy. I like Tom, but I don't like this. Like, we have to date these twin sisters. Which I I feel like yeah. I brought this up once before, maybe years ago, but Starfleet, come on, don't let family members serve on the same ship. There's rules against that in modern, real-world navies. Why wouldn't Starfleet keep that going? Yeah, but now that they're trapped in the Delta Quadrant, at least they're together. Yeah, and you know who's double mourning? Their parents. That's fine. Yeah, fuck their parents. Wait. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, the only way, the only way this episode could even remotely make sense is if Tom and Janeway are still on the planet at the end. Yeah. And And also on the ship. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get like it. when they went back in time, it created a separate universe, like separate timeline. Yeah, it would have been a whole new. Yeah. Um, so lost. Now, if she, if Janeway did not prevent Bellana from blowing, you know, from doing her, her beam machine, then they would have been stuck in a stable time loop. Yeah. No. Is that what the enter- yesterday's Enterprise is? No. Damn it! That so was, yeah, a that's bitch. what that no that no was, stable time loop is the Bozeman. That's the Bozeman, but that's what the, that's what it would have been. It would have been a stable time loop because every time because they would keep blowing up the blowing up the the planet. Yeah. Ugh. It would have been this. It, it basically would have been the same phenomenon that we had in like for all cause we, and effect. For all we know, they did go through this a bunch of times. We don't know. It, it just wasn't the point of the episode like it was with the Bozeman yeah. one. Yeah, yeah maybe really, that's what it is. The, but that's because it's, it's the same phenomenon. It's a giant explosion that yeah. causes a rip in space and causes time travel to happen. So really, by the end of this episode, there are now three... Janeways running well, there, around. There's <laughs> at least two new... So there's the timeline where they never went to the planet. There's the timeline where the planet exploded. And there's the timeline where Paris and Janeway are still on the planet unexploded. That's the same timeline as where they never went to the planet. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's. And yeah. how many of them are they with Kelsey Grammer? And none. All Damn it! All of them. Well, infinite possibilities. There could be one where Captain Bozeman is the first officer of the Voyager. That's also possible, but he would have died on the way to the Delta Quadrant. Maybe yes, unless he went Maquis. No, that's true. And so it was him instead of Chakotay. Yeah. So it sounds like what we're saying is this episode kind of needed. A stronger foundation for anything. Mm. The original pitch was, 
What if you were in Dresden 24 hours before the fire bombing and knew it was coming? What would you do? Fucking leg it. <laughs> you I wouldn't do anything. Would you save anybody? I, no, I wouldn't do shit because then... then um, Vonnegut will write a yeah, book about we, me? We wouldn't have, no, we just wouldn't have Slaughterhouse-Five. That's just such a great book. Mm. I, see, the issue, is the difference here is like... You, there, there's a singular event you could potentially stop that would save the day. You don't have enough time to prevent either the bombing of Dresden or get the whole city evacuated. Hmm. It's more like... It would be more like you suddenly quantum leapt into the guy that's supposed to push the button that drops Fat Man on Hiroshima. Or Little Boy. Whichever one got which one. Hmm. Do you decide to not push that button? That, I feel like, is kind of closer to that. Because that's actually something where you can on your own. So we're just we're just quantum leaping now, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'd hum part of the theme, but I don't know how it goes. Oh, I didn't do, mention. Quantum leap. Jake has sung this on the podcast before. Has he? I forgot. Cool. Yeah, so if that was the pitch for Time and Again, the pitch for Parallax, by the way, was uh, the, just uh, inspired by the idea of a submarine trapped under ice and needing to get up. Mm. Oh, yeah, they, they... Which sounds like, you know, 85 different TNG episodes. Yeah, yeah but again, I feel like this this episode suffered from that techno battle shit again. Um, in that, you know, because I my eyes glossed over any time they were talking about the the, f- the icebergs floating around, the fragments, or what yeah. the fuck were they? The fissures or the something. Sub- they're, they're, subspace fragments. They're cone shaped. We got to go to the widest point of the cone. Or what? <coughs> my eyes just glossed over when that horrible child showed up because oh my god, he was terrible. Wow, when they were pointing that gun and saying like, "Oh, if you do anything, we're gonna kill the boy first. I was like, "Yes, yes, that's fine." Oh, this is the best episode ever. Yeah, not go go Wait, for it. Get him. He's he's getting away. <laughs> I remember just sitting there thinking, like, oh, I'm sad this whole civilization is going to die. Then the kid showed up, and I was like, I'm glad they're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Also, one thing, actually, that did genuinely, like, what the fuck? Wh- how are they using Roman numerals? Yeah, I, I made the same joke when we were watching it. it was, oh, yeah. It's like, it's like... Are those Roman numerals? What were those? Those mean? are they're Arabic numerals. Arabic numerals. But Arabic I know numerals, what you yeah. meant. Um, you said Roman numerals. I was like, I-X. That would have made more sense, almost. Yeah. No, it's like... I was because it was a joke. I, uh, Tom said to the to the shopkeepers like, "Oh, what do those numbers mean?" I was like, "The shopkeepers like, what numbers? What makes you think those are numbers?" That's good. Yeah, that says my name. It's a novelty placard. My children drew what they thought a cat looks like. Yeah, well, because, you <laughs> and know, now I disowned them. <laughs> you know, here's what it is though. It's that the efficiency of the seven segment LED display mm-hmm. uh, is known throughout the galaxy. So everyone everyone it's like wow they came up with a perfect way I don't know I to saw make a, any number with only seven LEDs. I saw a, a great um, nu- numeral system that was just you know you draw one straight line and then in the top left corner dif- the different directions that you could have a little a little flappy bit pointing is one through's uh, zero through one, and the other side uh, is another zero through one, and you can count up to a thousand using with using just this one line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they're also they're using base ten. It appears. So, yeah, you know, that's that's a little strange. Why do we use base ten? Is it because we have ten fingers? 
That's probably, but you know, but that's what's interesting is there's an interesting video I watched where someone had nine fingers. Well, where like some cultures would use instead of counting fingers, they would count like knuckles, like mm, yeah. knuckle segments. That's and right, then, I've heard and, of then, that. and then you can go up a lot higher on. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So if you count mm. the if you count like your your finger segments. You get twelve. Yeah, you can't really hold them up like that, though. If you want to, if you want to signal to somebody one, you can't really just hold up one yeah, it's not good part a of a knuckle. But but there are there are cultures that have base twelve uh, numbering systems. Oh, that's interesting. Which they don't frankly, use the thumb then. I guess not. Maybe the I think thumb. they use the actually. I think they use the thumb to do the counting. Uh huh. Oh, makes sense. Hmm. Does make sense. Um. Because, like, let's be real, folks. Base 12, far superior. Everything's divisible by 12. Everything's divisible by 12. You can divide it by 2, you can divide it by 3, you can divide it by 4. What can you divide fucking 10 by? 2 and 5. That's it. It's bullshit. Mm. And, like, you know, and I get it. The metric system, objectively better. But... You know, <laughs> tell that to the British. Sometimes you want to. Ha- sometimes you want to do. Uh, you know, you want to divide things. You want a third of something. You want a you know a quarter of something. It's a lot harder on a base ten system. I think we'd all be better if we just had base twelve. I'm going to start a base twelve. In fact, I'm going to start counting only in base twelve. No one's going to ever have any idea what you're talking about. Sure. Today's my thirtieth birthday. Look, here's the problem with that. The only people you're going to attract are yes. complete weirdos. In base, today's my 36th birthday, so... But in base 12, it would just be 30. 3 zero. Why? It's... I... Numbers. That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Look, Jake, you gotta remember, like, humanities people. Jake, you'll like shit for 30. <laughs> wow! <laughs> That's a... He's a very handsome Damn. man. Damn. Someone call the cops. There's been a murder. <laughs> My God, we were at Jake's parents the other day, and, and Jake mentioned that he has, you know, whatever conference for his work coming up, and his mother just very flatly, get a haircut and trim your beard. <laughs> she did say that. And then she's like, have a professional do it. <laughs> wow. I mean, Good job. You're, you're honestly, I mean, because in the field you're in, you're probably still one of the better kept people in your field. Well, that's well, just... I'm pretty much a slob. Even among my peers. Yeah, well, let me tell you, the ones I've met in, in my office are... You're Mr. Tuxedo, practically. Okay, but here's the thing, though. Consider that the ones who work in your office are like the losers that don't realize they could make good money elsewhere. Just saying. Yeah, they're like the, the anti-social Richard Stallman types. Mm. Oh, speaking of speaking of getting all gussied up and what have you, oh. bringing it back to the the episode. I was gonna say speaking of Richard Stallman. Do we yeah. have to? No. What was emphatically frustrating for me was watching that they let Janeway do her hair differently this episode when it was mm. a gigantic fucking deal. That's right. In the in the uh, premiere that oh she can't have her hair two different ways in an episode that never happens Ugh. no one would ever think she was a good captain fuck you people <laughs> so much and it looked good down yeah she's so skinny I was like looking at her like holy fuck you are so thin That's yeah it's, it's funny that I noticed it a whole lot in the the planet garb but I feel like on the 
on the ship, the uniforms, everyone just kind of looks. Maybe it's the color, like the, the color blocking. Yeah, it's the, it's the color blocking in the cut. Mm. Whereas, like Caitlin said, like these, the the planet stuff basically had a corset built in. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Turn off Tom's childbearing hips. Great. Tom looked great. They all looked good. Everybody looked great. Except that fucking kid. And actually, I thought I knew that kid. But he wasn't who I thought he was. He had like 40, like 40 credits or something like that. But I've not many. seen any of them. Also, this is society apparently, even though they developed clocks, never developed watches. Yeah, because everybody's carrying around yeah, a giant old, fucking like, clock. <laughs> it's like, really? You've got this super advanced, lethal energy source, but no one ever figured out how to miniaturize a clock? I feel like there was an undertone of anti-nuclear bullshit in this episode. Yeah, that seemed to be what they were going and for. I'm like, but they yeah. never really explored really... it, so... I guess they didn't, but it, it was un- like... As I said, it's unclear whose side you're on, so it's like... What, I mean, I think I think mean? we're meant to be on the. I think we're meant to philosophically be on the side of the terrorists because it's the big bad government that's putting this poisonous power source out there. And, and there was mention of some sort of accident in another province yeah. that didn't destroy the whole world, but apparently caused yeah, some kind of kerfuffle. That accident in Chernobyl. Yeah. Oh no, three-eyed fish. When did Chernobyl happen? Eighty six. Yeah, that's that's why long after Chernobyl. That's why it sort of happened in Star Trek Six. But like, like because I I I was getting a lot of anti nuclear vibes, and I just eh, I don't know I don't like getting I don't like that shit shit in fucking Star Trek. Yeah, it's weird. They 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 don't do. I mean, it's like kind of weirdly anti science. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like this is a show, and we have our first like properly very sciencey captain but of course it's not nuclear power it's this special magical positive fuza not fuzi. not nuclear Platoobadoobadoob mm. we're in the red yeah Any... one more one more thing is um should they have brought Kess with them it ended up being useful but it seemed very irresponsible for her to just walk in and say i want to go down to the planet with you and chakoda to say yeah okay yeah sure Listen. She's a member of the crew. She's the cook's girlfriend, and she's growing plants. <laughs> she is growing plants. Here's a question, oh. though: like, what harm could she have done? Yeah, Any really amount. I mean, she could have got sucked was... into the past I mean, by stepping into an ice. Fine, bird. but they didn't know that. All well, they, that all they knew was all that, they know is that everyone was four dead people, already. Four people burnt, beamed down to this planet. Two of them haven't come back. Thunderdome. Well, but being fair, that's <laughs> good. That's really fucking good. <laughs> Well done. Yay! <laughs> By then they had the armbands, though. Oh, so. that's true. Yeah, I was Thought kind of expecting going. at one point for, like, Kess to, like, rip her armband off to deliver... Me too! You know, and, like... They were like, she must be here. I can hear her voice. I, I know she was here. Rip the armband off. Yeah, she would have been more interesting. That would there she, are myriad ways this episode should have been more interesting. She didn't matter that much to the episode. Yeah, the whole episode didn't matter because it didn't happen. Yeah, like, what if she had just, like, was like, oh my god, something... I see them. Oh, Tom is get, just got shot. Yeah. And then she, like, rips her armband off. Oh, God, Tom has to talk with that boy. Ugh. Save okay. him. Or no, shoot Tom him. Tom just shot One himself. Yeah. <laughs> I love the comment that Tom made when he was trying to get the child to go away and said that he eats children. Oh, yeah, I had a couple... Uh, of, I loved it. I had a couple classic Caitlin Star Trek Five moments. You did. Because he was like, oh, well, what happened to that little boy? I was like, we ate him. And then Tom Paris is like, we ate him. And I was like, great. And yes. then what was the other one? There was another like, one. I don't know. I think you, you pretty Something that Jane Janeway ways. said... I mean, not like nothing amazing because it's all very—I don't know. I mean, the like, thing is, no, neither of the lines had the bizarre syntax 
of yeah. what does God need with a starship that makes it especially hysterical. Yeah. But it was great. You went, I ate him, and two seconds later. I ate him. I was, I was like, that's like, good amazing. job, Tom Paris. Eat more babies. Uh, speaking of things from Star Trek V, let's, let's segue out of doing this, and we have more activities. Woo! Because we're doing activities every every week now, and it's going to be really exciting. And this week, what we're, what we're going to talk about are the... Title cards for all the movies. We did taglines from the movies last week. We're doing title cards this week. Uh, you're going to want to look at them. They're all, all going to be up on our Tumblr page. You can find the link right here. Click. Uh, <laughs> this isn't a YouTube channel, Ames. She's like gesturing at the bottom of the screen. Like, Tap here's the, the bell. Link. Right Smash there. that like Smash button. Smash that like button. God Smash damn it. Uh, so yeah, we're going to describe a little bit the title cards. And then we're going to pick our favorite and least favorite title cards for each of us. Uh, a lot of them are very similar. A mm-hmm. lot of them are not very pretty. God damn it, Star Trek. And there's there's one odd man out that's going to be very interesting to talk about as well. So I'm going to show my screen to these jerks. Ah, oh, I like that one. That one's classic, clean. You guys at good angles to see this? I yes. Have. Okay. So first, Star Trek, the motion picture. Very, very classic freaking, freaking text. Absolutely blank screen. No stars or anything. Uh, nice, bold, readable letters. you got the, the famous uh, little line that comes off the S in Star, the little line that comes mm-hmm. off the K in Trek. And I love I love the kerning of the T and the A and how the... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, look at that. The T is, is slanted and... Yeah, it's, it's very nice. Uh, lots of angles here. I'm glad Jake's so up kerning. Angles. It's turning me on a little also, bit. Also, if you look at the R, <laughs> uh, the R is, if you're at all familiar with Bloom County... Uh, it looks like Opus at profile. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Yeah, so this one very, very the kind of the kind of type that you expect out of Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, it really established, I think, what a Star Trek font. Yeah, I'm just imagining the designer like really patting himself on the back for a while after doing this. I'd be very proud of this. Yeah. Next, immediately Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Less readable because of the color choice and the fact that they it decided a star to do field in the background and the, the fact Hollow that they did letters. these yeah these just outlines of letters much harder mm. to read. I think I think if the star field were in motion as it was in the int- actual intro, it would be easier to read. Maybe yeah, I did take screen caps, but it's still like we could Tron vibes off of this one. Ooh. Is that same, good or same bad? Year, same year, I think. Well, right? Tron is great, so I would. I mean, I I I love Tron, but I don't think when I look at a font for a Star Trek movie, I shouldn't be thinking of a different movie. Yeah. Mm. I mean, this is like equal parts Tron and Star Wars, right? Because they all yeah. have outline letters. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm this. This is a. I mean, it's a great movie. Yep. No for me, dog. I was just gonna say no for me, and, dog. And uh, no, no, no opus in the eyes this time. Yeah, no R opus. Yeah, a... that's interesting because they don't do the swooshiness with the with the S and the K. Like yes, they do with other <coughs> the S is very boring. It is. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm you know some of the kerning is a little weird. Speaking of kerning, like the kerning between the R and the E is way open oh, yeah. compared to a lot yeah. of the other letter. Like it's very strange. Yeah, they yeah. didn't do a great job. Never really, uh, never looked at it too closely before, and now that's they why have, we're doing it today. Not, not a lot of attention to detail here. Yeah. Yeah. Great theme though. Mm. Yeah, great song. That's the thing. There's some really great music out of this. <laughs> no way. <laughs> not quite. Uh, okay, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Well, we're this, back to the normal like letters again. Yeah, this is very, very similar. Very similar. Yeah, I'm going to show them all together at the end too. But I think we're, what we're going to notice about this one is I think it's a, it's a little less bold. Mm-hmm. Um, the S, yeah, the S doesn't swoop out yeah, as far. Less swoop. Yeah. 
Because they knew they had to truncate the K. Tail the tail on the K, yeah. Yeah, the K, yeah. That the K is a little weird because there's no there's no underscore spanning the R and the T, but there is spanning the K and the three. I think they were just yeah. trying to do they were using the same K as the motion picture, so it needed a tail when they could have just put the tail on the three. Yeah, yeah. I'm not loving this one. Gonna be honest, it does not. And I also better than two though. We're also looking at a core at a, a <laughs> yeah. coffin in yeah. the background here. Bit of a, little, a bummer. A little morbid. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I kept looking at all the greenery, and just all I can think of is Jurassic Park. It does. It looks very. <laughs> it looks like it looks like a coffin at Jurassic Park. Oh my! That's Nedry. Yeah, this is in the. Uh, <laughs> This I like. I like Ooh, this. this They're is, all different I actually, sizes. I actually like this one. Well, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, actually, the different sizes. So this is Star Trek Four, and what's interesting about Star Trek Four is the S and the K, the, the S and the Four Stretch out. are tall, and then there's a little bit of a gap underneath the Tar Trek. Yeah. But it comes down to a <coughs> point at the yeah. T in Trek, so it's got a little V shape well, within the fun. letters. How weird! It's very. I don't weird. know what if I like it. Jason's it makes me think. I, mean, like I, I like it all right. I don't like, like it as much as game, like I don't like game. it as much as the motion picture. But I think it's all right. I like that they did something a little different, a little more interesting with it. I don't like that the A and the R are touching. Mm. Yeah. Hot. Um, or the E and the K, for that matter. Um, Ooh, the E and the K. Yeah, they're like. Giving a, giving a head pat. I mean, because the S and the T aren't, <laughs> but I guess that's just to mirror yeah. the other side with the four. Yeah. Maybe. I also don't like that the, that the four is sparkling. I think well, there's, there's a star behind it. it. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think so because look, they're, they're, none of the other stars have as big of an aura around them as those two. I think you. I think when it's in motion, you see more though. I think when they go behind the letters, you see the. Oh, more. the title. Does the title beam in or is that a different one? <coughs> that could be the beam remnants in. of the beam in effect. If maybe. Am I, I making know. that up? Do one of the titles beam in? I think so, but yeah. I don't remember. Um, no, I tried. I tried to get screen grabs when they were as solid as yeah, possible. Yeah, which is tricky. which is difficult for some of them because they do move. Yeah. yeah. The more I look at this, actually, the less I like it. At first, I was kind of impressed with the with the pointy swoopy bit, but the more I look at it, the less I'm liking it. It's different. It is different. Yeah, I think because it's otherwise almost the exact same look as one and three. You know, it's the same font. It's the same general look. I think they were just trying to be different. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna. You know, I know there's a, there's people that have mixed feelings about the theme song for this movie. I, I'm 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 on the I'm pro Star Trek Four theme song. I think it's good. I don't remember what I thought, but check out the Tumblr. I covered them all once. Yeah, this is what we're doing. We're we're plugging the Tumblr all over the place today. Okay, we're gonna look at Star Trek Five. So it's bold. Very bold. It's the same font, but bold. It is bold. Yeah. Chunky like Shatner's ass. <laughs> yeah, we almost we lose the the hole in the A pretty much here. It's just a line. Opus has been beheaded. Oh no! This Opus is okay. That one is yes, but the R and the the R's in Star Trek they're they're dead. Oh Opus. Um, the uh, the ones in Frontier are fine. Yeah, why we went bold? I I don't. Quite understand. Well, they also Request went, of Shatner, I bet. They, yeah, they went enormous with the subtitle, too. That's true. Yeah. yeah there was a writer's strike on, but I don't think it was a graphic design strike on. Yeah. Moving on. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. The Ombre. Yeah, so Star Trek VI, The End of Stover Country. First off, it's lowered pace. There's a lot of... Yeah. It, it, it's a title yeah. case instead of all caps for The Undiscovered Country. And then it's this like really unfortunate fuchsia and like... Would you call that indigo? It looks like they that? did this shit in like as word art, you know, in Microsoft. It, I Office. do, I do feel like it's probably early computer graphics. Yeah. Mm. Well, this is the uh, clearly this is the official bisexual Star Trek. 
Um, I don't remember any hot buy action in it, but... I don't like that the uh, Roman numerals do not have... Uh, oh, they don't have lines. They don't have lines. Yeah, they were just a V. Interesting. Star Trek V. Yeah, the it's an country. interesting stylistic change that they throw in there. Also, I think uh, for, for, if you want some, some bisexual content, I have a feeling that the people who were kidnapped by... Who was it? Fucking... Uh, what's his name? It's Nick Cyborg. Um, there was oh, they were totally into each other and banging all over the place. Mm, but this is that was five, so the color was tripping on that one. Oh my god, that was five. I'm getting them all wrong. Yep. Okay. There's one so, where yeah. Klingon Chernobyl happened. Right. Moving on. We're moving on to the the TNG movies where we Ooh, just changed the word changed the font up entirely. I don't mind this one. It's fine. I like, I think the, the color's nice. The font's pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's kerning like, seems even. Yeah, kerning's good. My, it's not a part. bad. The, the e are a little, a little wonky, but it's pretty good. It's not a bad font, but it does feel a little like generic ish. The e's like, it, have underbites. <laughs> they, they do. do. Yeah, but like they, they kind of feel. It feels like this maybe wasn't a bespoke font. Like it probably is, but it feels like I could find this in Word. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's something. You know, it's co- something close, though, I bet. Because yeah. I feel like I've seen that S before. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure this font exists in the world, and they probably just license yeah, it. Yeah, the S has an underbite, too. Kind and of. the G is almost closed. Yeah. Well, that's a bite. Uh, I like this. I do like the little swoop in the A. I like the, how the, how the, mm. the bar yeah. on the A is kind of swooped like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a little like a, like a combat. The more I look at it, though, the less I like it. Yeah. Much like Star Trek Generations. I don't like the T in particular. Hmm. Any of them. They're, I, I don't like that T. The tracking on Generations is way too open, too. Like, everything's just... Yeah, that's what you get when you have a one-word title. We should probably dig up that old XKCD about kerning, just <laughs> for anyone in the audience who doesn't know what it is. Our fans know what it is. That's Don't true. you, fans? Giant fucking dork. We're gonna we take you. a look at uh, Star Trek: First Contact. A uh, very, yes. very active. Yeah, this one was hard to take a screen grab of because it's, so it's you can see these. Over. You can yeah. see the little rust bits that you know. It starts off pure white, and then these little rust bits come and they they get like gold leaf all over the words until they're fully gold. And yeah, and isn't it, it sort goes of away. zooming in or out the whole time as well? Um, not as much as others. <coughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's a weird one. Yeah, this one I like uh, for the most part. It's got the same kind of shitty tease as the last yeah. one, except I feel like the, the bar is longer. I don't know. I mean, I think this is the same font. Honestly. Yeah, this S looks it? the okay. same. So you've got the swoopy A. But it's almost like it's a little more stretched out, like, Height-wise. That's what I mean. Like, it feels like the T's a little taller. I feel like the kerning between the A and the R feels... Oh, that's off. Feels that's off. off. Like, and the R and the E. Maybe. Yeah, it's hard to say. Just, you know, it's just because there's, I think, more white space. Yeah. I, I'd, have t- I'd have made the A and the R a little tighter. We know, Jake. We know. I wonder if they just should have gone with a TNG font for these. Really? That would that would have been all right. I wouldn't have complained. Okay. Star Trek Insurrection was an what interesting one. What the fuck? To this get a screen so, grab of. This is so late nineties, it's not even funny. So it starts it off pure the eyes. It starts off pure white. Okay. And then the red it doesn't just turn red. Giant red numbers zoom in over it until and they and they get smaller until they fit over the the existing white letters. It's terrible. Also, I love that they kind of paid lip service to having a Trek font with the word Star Trek, and then insurrection is just 
some generic sans serif. It's also just, and it's also just very obviously stretched uh, vertically. vertically. Like, yeah. Like there's no font that is designed that way. No. Terrible, terrible title for a horrible film. Impossibly squished together first, squished together and then pulled well, you up. Can, mm. I don't like it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's bad. Kind of see. I'm trying to see here. Yeah, like if you look at the at the width of like look at the e right so the so the the up the vertical line on the e is one thickness but the horizontal lines are a totally different thickness yeah yeah no, which it's not you good. wouldn't have if it were because it's obviously stretched which mm. which is hideous this, yeah. is, this this is the worst so far yeah really interesting see the next one the next one i think is oh, it, awful here it comes i said so far here it comes uh, this is star trek the next one nemesis Oh, I forgot they did that. I hate this one so much. So oh, what they do so bad. for the little animation they do coming in is because they were so clever and they realized, oh, in Star Trek, RTR are mirrors of each other. So if we flip the R, it's a mirror. So they start off with just the line and the T and then they open it up to the RTR, but then they realize, oh, we need a space there though. So keep keep moving along R and then they open up Star Trek. And they're like, oh, and EME is in Nemesis. Let's put a little another bar there and open it up to EME and flip that E because it's like mirrors. Because Picard and Shinzon are the same. And also the M is Kill just it. an E on its side, or vice versa. The E's could just be M on their side. Like it's almost like they're going for sort of like that's the other thing. All this they're kind of going for an almost a carved in stone Roman look because of course the Romulans are our enemies this time. The... Yeah, I don't like this one at all, but... It's quite bad. It's better, it's still better than the last one, because at least this one has... An idea. An idea. It's it a terrible idea. idea. It's a bad idea, I'm not going to lie, but it, like <laughs> somebody so somebody much. at least put some afternoon of effort into creating this. Yeah, like, I think some of it, some of why I don't like this one is because it speaks directly to the movie, mm. because I found that, I'm sure the graphic designers are being like, mirrors, because of Shinzon. And I want to punch that person in the head. Yeah, I mean, it is it is so obvious, but it also doesn't feel like someone went, Hey guys, we gotta ship the movie off in 30 minutes. Did we make a title card? Oh, no. Like Insurrection. Mm. Moving on. Oh, right. The Kelvin Universe. Ah! So much lens flare. It's an entire uh, title card of lens flare. It sure is. But at the end of the day, it's just TOS font. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're at the actual TOS font. Not, yep. the, not the movie font, but the TOS series font. Yep. Which is a fine font. Which is a fine font. Classic. They just I don't know why it had to be 3D-ified, though. It's like... Because it's the future. Because it. it's J.J. Abrams and he's a hack? <laughs> yeah, that's also why. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is the most overproduced title card in history. Oh, yeah. Well, Star Trek history. There's like a floating 3D Star Trek... Symbol, yeah. Starfleet the symbol, Delta, symbol yeah. Delta with, but with the with the star Command cut star. out. Yep. But it's like a giant metal medallion. Yep. Uh, there's golden, three D embossed, shiny letters, with a fucking lens flare. Yeah, and, it's just and the light so moves good. across with, if you're playing it in, in real time. But again. Really badass soundtrack behind it. Yeah, pretty good soundtrack for this. Okay, we're not. Do, we'll we'll jo- do soundtracks another day. No, no, I know. I just, I, it, it's interesting that these sort of these two that were like, oh Jesus, it's like, wow, oh, but the music was good. Okay, Star Trek Into Darkness is a very dark one. one. What was this? There was a what? 
it looks like it's trying to be marble or yeah. steel or, or but just whatever TOS font, Cumberbatch so. is made of. Again, 3D, Cheekbones. not great. Better probably than the last less one. Less busy. Yeah, less busy. Less lens flare. Still lens flare. Yeah. Yeah, the light moves across. It was, it was really hard getting a, a screen grab because the light moves. Mm. So only only some of the letters are ever in the light at the, at a time. Sure, sure. I feel like the, the space... Between the E and the K is huge. You're right, it is. Oh, yeah. It's like really big. Why? I don't. And the A and the R as well. Like, not Mm. so much the S and the T or the T and the A, not so much the T and the R and the R and the E, but those last letters. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. I I don't know. I think it's. It's icky. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, I'm not digging this one, but it's better than the last one, I'll say. Yeah. Cool, cool. No, no. I, I don't remember if I've said, you know, by title card, I mean the title of the movie as it appears at the beginning of the movie. No. Star Trek Beyond... Oh, did they... ...doesn't have one. Oh, wow. they, really? Star Trek Beyond doesn't have a title card. They have an end credits card. Huh. Because they they literally had no opening credits at all. They just went into the movie. So as I'm trying to get a wow. fucking screen grab, and I'm realizing Guess you're right. I'm 20 minutes in, where's the <laughs> fucking title card? Because <laughs> you're right, because unlike one through Nemesis, all the Kelvins, well, two of the Kelvins had a cold open. Yeah. So of course you'd sit there being like, all right, cold open, of course. We'll yep, get yep. the title after Kirk after beams back with Kevin. Minutes. Or whatever they called that little alien. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. They did, you know. They, so they... here's the end card, and it's teeny fucking tiny. Yeah. It, it. I would say it starts to zoom closer, but it also gets in like incredibly dark. So you, there's there was either getting a larger but almost entirely shadowed Star Trek Beyond title mm. card, or this little one that's as bright as it ever was. And it's very strange because, you know, in in the Kelvin movies, the end credits are just so many effects of flying through planets and wisps yeah. of clouds. And here's all the names of the stars and 80 names of people who are in the movie. And then we go into the actual credits. So after all that, the Enterprise swoons by and it pops up Star Trek Beyond, tiny little letters. And then we go to the normal credits. And I was like, what the hell was that? That's an... Very strange choice when you didn't put this at the beginning of your movie. Yeah, but again, just TOS font. Yeah. And even almost TOS yellow where it's lit up. It's not, I wouldn't say it's yellow. I'd say it's like a very washed out bronze. Fair enough. So here they all are on one screen. Uh, Pick your favorite, pick your least favorite. Well, obviously my favorite is Nemesis. (laughs) Fuck you. If you want to look closer, feel free. Yeah, no, I think I gotta go with. I mean, first did it okay, best. No, I was right. I'm sorry. I, I have one. I had a comment about the about the beyond that I didn't say. What's that? Because I wanted to check before I did. The Y is not the correct. Well, oh, that's interesting. Because so. The the Y. Look at the Y. It's sorry. It's in DeForest Kelly's name. It it swoops up. Yeah. The Beyond Y does not swoop up. Oh yeah, it just kind of goes straight. But then I just noticed that the Doctor McCoy has why? a Y like They have that. two Ys. Oh wow, so, that's weird. I never realized that. Wonder why? But I do. I I think that because that was the one thing that was bothering about the Beyond logos. I didn't like the Y, and mm. I wish they had gone with the one in Kelly as, as opposed, opposed to, to the, yeah, yeah. The other Interesting. Huh. Anyway, I'm sorry. 
So yeah, I'm gonna say they never quite topped the first one. Yeah, that's because all the little tweaks they made in three, four, five, and six didn't help it. Yeah, and two was unreadable. Yeah, so I think one is the best. And I'm still just going to go with the sheer laziness of Insurrection being insulting and making it the worst. I also just find, like, the combination of the color and, like, the font in Insurrection, like, it makes it almost difficult to look at to read. Like, it's just uncomfortable to my eyes to look at it. Yeah, because, again, I think, like Jake said, like, the Nemesis idea was stupid. But at least there was an idea. No, I gotta, I gotta give... I also don't like the undiscovered country because it looks like someone made it in like high school. Yeah. And threw it up on a screen. I don't really dislike that one, but I don't know. I just I'm just personally offended by the Nemesis title card. That is totally fair. It is terrible. So wait, what what are your tops then? What's your I don't top? know what my top is. Let me look once more. Don't care for the swooping four. What is the deal with the rusting over in First Contact? It's kind of a strange... Because I never got it. Borg? Is it Borgy? <laughs> I, was at the... yeah, I always thought it was supposed to be Borgy, but it doesn't make it sense. It doesn't look like it's getting Borgified. It looks like it's, it's just rusting. Old, yeah. yeah. Like, if it was more oh, explicitly, like... Well, yeah, but there's, like, their, their color scheme is black and green, not, like, rust. Like, if it was all black and green, it was, like, Borging, I'd be like, yeah, okay. It's supposed to be the yeah. rustiness of Zephram Cockring's spaceship? See, I think First Contact would be a contender if it weren't for the rusting. For the rusting? Yeah, if it were just plain, mm. it would be fine. I actually yeah. like the Star Trek Four one. That might be my fave. Oh, I, cool. It feels very video gamey. Oh, like yeah, there you it. go. See, I think, I think I'm think i with you guys on the motion picture because I really like the, the, the tail on the S and the K a whole mm. lot. It's nicely balanced. Yeah, it's really, uh, that, that one's really well done. What was your least favorite, Jake? Oh. All of them? <laughs> yeah, no the, the, no, the motion picture is definitely my favorite. I'm really leaning towards insurrection, but I feel like I feel like Star Trek Two is just real bad. It's unreadable. Yeah, it's a, <coughs> especially now that I have them all on one screen, yeah. and now that it's much smaller, you literally cannot read it's it. Gotta yeah, be, it's gotta be yeah, it's to gotta be a toss up for me between yeah. Two and Insurrection for for worst. Um, I'm gonna give the edge to Two because, and, and meaning that Insurrection is gonna be my worst because it's. it's the stretching of the font is the problem <laughs> with, with the, that pushes it over the edge. Well, cool. You heard it here first, everybody. Insurrection can go to hell. Motion picture gets the tops. Yep. And J.J. Abrams is a hack. They didn't hear that here first. <sighs> no, Every, everyone, they've certainly that. heard that before. Also here, but... All right, well, check out all of this. As I said, it's going to be up on our Tumblr. It's going to be up on sshbpodcast.com. Uh, or, or, I don't know, find, I found these also on Memory Alpha or Wikipedia. Go find them. They're fun to look at. Get really, really nitpicky about kerning. It's our favorite pastime. And this really only works if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, like, in your car. Yeah, you gotta be pissed. Pull over and look it up. I feel like Kerning is just a Klingon we haven't met yet. <laughs> it's Kern's son. There we go. All right, so we're going to do more of this stuff next week. Uh, check out what our next week activity is going to be. Ooh. Spoiler, it's going to be more talking about the movies because let's nice. get them out of the way now. We're also <laughs> going to be talking next week about two more Voyager episodes. Which ones? Hopefully not literally the same episodes yet again. Hopefully. Because holy shit, Voyager. Uh, next week we're talking about Phage. 
Good name. And The Cloud. Also a pretty good name. I'm into that. We'll talk about that next week. You do love clouds. I do love clouds. If they're intelligent. Sentient cloud. That son of a bitch. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to hear more of our stuff, hey, we've got like 3,000 episodes that you can listen to up on SoundCloud, on whatever the Apple one, whatever the Google one. On Dasher, on Dancer. I think there's a Spotify. On... I think there's a Twitch? Switch? I always forget what the actual name of the thing is. Stitcher? Yeah. One of those. Uh, we're, we're all over the place. You can listen to us there. You can hang out with us on the Facebook if you search for A Star to Steer Her By. I occasionally remember to put things on our Twitter, which is at SSHB Podcast. Our Tumblr is also SSHB Podcast. Is that all I need to say? Did I do it right today? <laughs> Holy shit! Excellent, excellent, excellent. Good work, Ames. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This is Jake. And this is always Chris. Mind your kerning. <laughs> Thank you.